You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome to the program. Jay Barker, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter in the studios of AVX. They looking good. The day is looking good. Lars, I, I got to see Tom pretend. You okay? Uh-huh. I'm with Ooh. you. Hey, uh, Jay, how are you? And can you join us pretend? <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, yeah, maybe so. We'll see. But I uh, hope everything's going well for Lars. And I know he had a great trip, I'm sure, to uh, Washington, D.C. with Lincoln. And then we're going to dive into that here in just a little bit. Some big news coming out of the NFL as well this morning. Cam Robinson signing his new deal, $54 million three-year extension. And uh, what does that mean now for Evan Neal? We talked a little bit about that and uh, which direction will Jacksonville go now after getting him locked down. He was on the franchise tag last year for a guaranteed $16.7 million and instead now will make $18 million annually through 2024. So we'll get into that and much more coming up here in just one second. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Don't forget 
to get out to Top Golf in Birmingham. A lot of uh, you may have had a chance to do that through the USFL games. You've gone to a protective stadium out there for different charity events, birthday parties, bachelor parties. They do it all at Top Golf at Birmingham. You'll love the food, the fun, and also the drinks and all the great time you'll have playing golf at Top Golf at Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. You'll see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford. All right, before we dive into our topic, Lars, how was the trip to D.C.? It was wonderful. Uh, so I took my son, Lincoln, six. Uh, it was the first time he can remember being on a plane. And uh, just the, 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 the takeoff was great. Uh, and he was so excited. Uh, then when we landed at uh, Reagan there in D.C., uh, the pilot, I told the pilot that it was Lincoln's first flight and he let Lincoln sit in the pilot seat and, uh, check out all the instruments and thought that was super cool. Uh, then we had a, a little bit of a family reunion where, uh, one of my cousins who spent, uh, 25 years as an engineer working on a nuclear submarine, uh, built Lincoln just out of, uh, uh, these, uh, just blocks of wood, uh, a, a race car and then a boat and uh lincoln lincoln was very involved in that but uh, really the the best part was in, in dc now so in, in in birmingham we have these uh sort of collective bike shares right you you, you pick up a bike at, at one point and then you can drop it off well in dc they have that but they also have these electric powered scooters that go about i don't know 15 20 miles an hour and uh, so one uh, afternoon, Lincoln and I went, we started at the, at the D.C. waterfront, and then uh, we scooted over to uh, the Jefferson Memorial, uh, went and saw uh, Roosevelt Memorial, uh, then went over to the Lincoln Memorial, uh, went by Vietnam. Well, of course you'd have to go to the Lincoln. <laughs> oh Memorial. yeah, no. Oh, that was the one thing he wanted to see was the Lincoln Memorial. We got a lot of pictures taken there at the Lincoln Memorial and the reflection pool, and then uh, went by the Vietnam Memorial, went by the Federal Reserve Building, and uh, you know, trying to explain to him about what the Federal Reserve is. Probably a little complex for a six-year-old. Uh, then went by the White House, told him this is where the president lives. Went by the Washington Monument, then went up the mall, uh, up to the Capitol, and uh, and then uh, by the uh, new Eisenhower Memorial, which is really cool, and uh, and then back to uh, my brother's house on, on on the waterfront in the district and. And and but the best part for Lincoln was just being on this electric scooter, <laughs> right? So he so I'm driving it, and he's just he's right in front of me and holding on, and uh, and then we were also able to go out to Arlington National Cemetery, visit my father, his uh, his grandfather, was able to tell Lincoln you know a lot of stories about my dad, and uh, just a, a a terrific experience, and he did not want to leave. He just thought Washington. D.C. is the greatest city in the world. And the first thing he said was, uh, wow, they have sidewalks here. They don't have sidewalks in Birmingham. <laughs> not where he is, uh, but uh, that's interesting. That, And I'm not being critical. I'm just curious. Did he have his own scooter? No, no. Okay. So he, he, he was right okay. in front. He stood in front of me holding on to, like, the, the bars. We did wear helmets. You're not. It's not mandatory to wear helmets, but we wore helmets. 
and uh, and we we really got the hang of it after just a couple minutes. And it turned into Talladega at Washington D.C. Yeah, taking no, the it, was, it was so fun, and just uh, it's going along the waterfront and uh, uh, the tidal pools there, tidal basin, and and again up through the 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 mall, and and uh, it's just uh, it's great for him now because when he sees a picture of the White House, he's like. I've been there. I know where that is. Or when he sees the picture of the Capitol, I've been there. I know where that is. And with all of my kids, I want to expose them to uh, places and people and cultures that are outside of Alabama and that that there is more to life than uh, what exists uh, in, in within the borders of Alabama. Although, hey, we all love it here, of course, but... Um, it was great. It was great. And his eyes were open, and he did not want to leave. He had just had so much fun. Well, then you and Jay have a lot in common from this past weekend because he didn't want to leave his location either. So, uh, by the way, next week I'm going to Lay Lake. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy. I can remember as a child my parents taking me and thinking, oh, this is going to be boring. Oh, anything but boring. Yeah. Jay, have you done a deep dive in D.C.? I yeah, went actually, there with did Stalin. the same kind of family trip um, with my family back. I think I was probably around eight or ten years old. We went up to uh, uh, went to DC. Well, first I think we started in New York City, and then came back down through DC, and then Williamsburg, all that kind of stuff, and just had a great time. I mean, really did. And um, then I've I've been to DC now probably probably five seven times over the last probably decade. And man, I tell you, the city itself. As I mean, it has changed so much. I mean, it is so clean, so uh, much. and the areas, yeah. you know, it's so just so different uh, than what it was. I mean, uh, you used to you had a mayor that was on crack, and now that uh, now that you can find a crack in the uh, sidewalks, <laughs> as Lars was talking about. So it's uh, it's <laughs> yeah. funny how things things change, but uh, it's, it's amazing what money can do. The only problem with DC now, I think, and I may be wrong. Your brother lives in the district, so he probably knows. I, I think there is a real separation gap between. Very well and very poor. There's not a lot of middle class in between there because of all the money and everything that's poured into that city over the last decade or so. But um, but yeah, it's a beautiful city. A great I, you know, trip, Jay. And I, no, sorry, I was going to say you're you're spot on. Uh, just like in in New York City, uh, you're either uh, young and struggling or you're really wealthy. <laughs> I mean, and there's sort of no in between, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and it's the same in, in Washington. Uh, my brother was lucky enough like 10 years before the Washington nationals were even came into existence. He bought a place in a kind of a rundown neighborhood in Southwest DC. And then the Nats, uh, come to DC, they build a stadium uh, two blocks, literally two blocks from my brother's place, and that served as uh, the economic anchor for this massive revitalization of Southwest DC, uh, including the the waterfront area. And uh, I mean, it's just amazing the the property value of his place is just you know skyrocketed. But uh, but yeah, you're I mean you're totally right and uh, about the squeezing out of the middle class, and I I think you're seeing that. Though I mean, and this isn't political at all. I just think you're seeing that in in, in big cities across the country. No, there's no doubt. Right now, the best place to buy homes or real estate is New York City. Believe it or not, I mean, the price of property in New York City because so many people moved out is just unbelievable. I get buddies of mine that are buying property; they're like crazy. 
but um, you know you'll see a revitalization of that city as well over the coming years. We'll see. But uh, yeah, Washington D.C. is an awesome place, Matt. I'm sure. I mean, I know you've done. I think we talked about that last week that you've done the uh, the Washington D.C. Uh, trip before with your family and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it's you know, you know most of our my kids did it with their school. Now the schools take them um, around seventh or eighth grade as part of their government. You know. Uh, classes and they go up there for you know a week and spend time and teachers walk them around and talk about all the different uh, you know the history lessons and the reasons why we have all the different monuments and you know what Washington DC stands for and all kind of stuff so really really good stuff and I'm, I'm glad you had a chance large to experience that with Lincoln just you and him one on one and being able to see family for him to go see your dad's gravesite there at Arlington is just uh, amazing I don't know if that was the first time he had done that or not but um, still just what a great trip. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah, thank you for all that. And it's, uh, something I certainly will never forget. And I hope that, uh, my son Lincoln never forgets as well. He, he will not. And the fact that you got, I'm envious in the fact that you, I, I never took my family there. Uh, I went as a family, as a youth and thoroughly enjoyed it. So you're, again, you're another one up on me. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, we got Roger Hoover coming up from the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We're going to dive into that. I will note, though, if he hasn't told the story on his show before, he's going to later on in the program. But Jay Parker has a great story of going to the White House with the 92 National Championship game, and it's absolutely so Biebs, and actually so the president at the time. So uh, anyway, this is the Jay Parker Show. It's Lars. It's Matt. We got uh, Joe Gaither waving hello from Tide 100.9. And then there's The Rock, Josh Smith. Back in a flash. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Um. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 76. Clear tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 81. Friday and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high Friday, 83. The high Saturday at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Show Jay Matt Coulter and Lawrence at the AVX Studios. Roger Hoover is driving back to Tuscaloosa, and he, of course, is the uh, one of the main cogs in the wheel of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Roger, I'm gonna jump right into baseball. Uh, this is the streakiest, hardest to figure out baseball team uh, we've had down there in a, in a while, and, and I actually had to stop and do a little math on this, or just just some adding, if you will. Uh, Alabama won five to open the season, promptly lost four. Then they won seven of eight. Then they lost six of seven. Uh, at one point, they won eight in a row, uh, and now they're just kind of going back and forth. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you, but what's up with that? 
I think that's just baseball. I mean, that's just how it goes. You look at any major league team, they go through highs and lows as well, and then you uh, get it to the college level. You know, this can happen. And uh, for the Crimson Tide, they have an uh, eight-game winning streak that's immediately followed by the longest losing streak of the season. I believe eight was the longest winning streak they had. But then they lose five straight just after they had the biggest win of the year in SEC baseball, beating number one Tennessee in Knoxville. And then they lose five straight. And then uh, really impressed by how they bounce back against Georgia. And I'm really impressed by this team against Georgia overall because you got to look at it. The Bulldogs only scored in two innings out of 27 against Alabama over the weekend. Now, the Crimson Tide uh, had a tough go of it at the plate in the first two games of the series, and uh, a couple of big innings, those big innings I mentioned for Georgia, they were enough to win because the margin for error is so small in SEC baseball. But Crimson Tide got to win on Sunday, looked really good in that 3 nothing victory, and then uh, followed it up last night with a victory at Samford. Uh, the ball was flying out of the ballpark. Uh, great to see Dominic Gomez, Homer, uh, and the pitching staff led by Ben Hess really did a good job as well. So now they're winners at Tuesday straight and we'll see what's going on uh, this weekend against South Carolina because this is a Gamecocks team that's lost three in a row, six and 12, not having the type of year they want to have, but it's their home ballpark. They're going to be fired up. Uh, this is going to be a tough series coming up starting tomorrow night for Alabama against South Carolina. Roger Hoover, our guest, and uh, man, that sums it all up pretty much baseball-wise. Let's move to the NFL draft and get your thoughts on this could be number 40. That is if uh, Evan Neal ends up being a first-round pick, which he will most likely be. But number 40 for Nick Saban as far as first-rounders since 2007. And Alabama's had 39 players, again, taken to the first round and has produced 106 total picks, the most by any program in football history for that span. Now, the Crimson Tide has had at least one first-round selection each of the last 13 drafts, the second-longest streak in draft history, trailing only Miami's 14 years from 1995 to 2008. But just talk about the success and just the draw for a lot of players to want to come play for Nick Saban because they know they're going to have a great shot at getting to the next level, but a great shot at being picked in that first round. Well, I think it just goes to show you, Jay, it, it's a lot more about the game than the game we just see on Saturdays. And obviously Alabama plays well on Saturdays, wins SEC and national championships. But in terms of the player development, what Alabama is able to do all throughout the week on the practice field, having iron sharpened iron all the time, I think that's why you see the success in the NFL draft. And, you know, you mentioned Evan Neal. He's had to go up and practice against guys like Will Anderson Jr., Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. I mean, he has seen some of the best defensive players over and over again on a daily basis, whether it's spring practice, fall camp, you know, the, the week preparation for games. Uh, these guys continue to get better because they're going up against somebody on the other side of the scrimmage line of scrimmage that is so good and is also NFL bound at some point in their career and a lot of other schools can't say the same thing so I, I think it goes back to uh, the recruiting that coach Saban is able to do you know evaluating and finding the best high school talent that's projectable not only for college football but I think he still has that NFL mindset a lot of times and after all the years he's been whether as a head coach or a coordinator you know he just gets what NFL football is supposed to look like, and he's able to see it at the high school level of how these guys are going to project to play professionally down the road. So I just think the player development is second to none for what Alabama is able to do. And, yes, you're really proud of the championships, the individual honors, but I think the proof is really in all the first-rounders that we've seen and then just all the players that go on to have 
successful NFL careers. I think Evan Neal kind of uh, is a headliner along with Jameson Williams for this year's draft class. But I think we're going to see good NFL careers coming up for a lot of players uh, that are in this draft class, whether it's Blake Bolden or Brian Robinson guys people aren't talking about as much. Uh, they know how to play winning football, and there are going to be organizations that value that, maybe even if it's not over the next few days the NFL draft, but down the road. I think their hard work is going to show up in training camp, and all of a sudden you're going to see all these Alabama players on rosters because you just can't get, take them off your team. They're that good. They can help uh, form that winning culture that all these NFL teams are looking to create. Roger, I think you said something just uh, very, very insightful, and that is Nick Saban has this keen eye for seeing high school prospects and then how they will project, not just to with some development, right, both in, in the weight room, uh, classroom, uh, just development overall, uh, how they'll project not just to Alabama, but ultimately, ultimately to the NFL, uh, because we've seen, you know, guys who were not the heavily, heavy, super heavily recruited, uh, and Saban turns them into a first round pick. Uh, but specifically, I want to ask you about two players, and uh, not uh, they're sort of flying under the radar a little bit nationally when it comes to the draft. Uh, John Mechie and uh, Brian Robinson. Uh, a lot of uh, draft gurus have Mechie going late second, somewhere in the third. And then uh, uh, B. Rob going in the anywhere from really third to fifth. Uh, just uh, kind of break down how you think Mechie and Robinson's game will translate to the NFL. Well, every time I've watched John Mechie, he reminds me of an NFL wide receiver, really good possession receiver, and just a very uh, versatile one. Uh, you know, he was able to make some great catches, score some great touchdowns on a variety of routes. Uh, I feel like nobody really had a better grasp of the route tree than John Mechie did uh, during his time at Alabama, and uh, that's playing with some really good quarterbacks, uh, even going back to Tua in 2019 when he was able to see the field some, obviously a lot with Mack in 2020 and then this past year with Bryce Young. So I think that's a big part of it as well. I mean, he can work well with any quarterback, and, you know, those are the three quarterbacks I mentioned are all very different in the styles of football they play. So you plug him in to the right place with the right quarterback, I think he's going to be invaluable uh, no matter what role he's placed in uh, in that wide receiver room. Brian Robinson Jr. has shown he can be a great lead running back or a complimentary running back like he was at times throughout his Alabama career and, uh, you know, playing alongside Najee Harris. What a great burst it was to take Najee off the field and then here comes the hard-running Brian Robinson Jr. off the bench and just wearing down the defense and then he, as a lead running back this past year, wore down the defense, especially in that uh, semifinal game against Cincinnati. So there's just so much talent with both those guys and again they've already played key roles in a winning football environment that's very much um, NFL like with what Alabama tries to do I think they're going to be invaluable players to whoever receives them you know if you know the pundits have them going and the NFL scouts have them going a little uh, later in the draft and maybe some Alabama fans would like you want to say no these guys are first round talents uh, I think regardless where they're drafted they're going to be long time NFL players I can see both of them having really successful careers at the next level. Roger, we all know that Alabama and Georgia have a tremendous on-the-field rivalry. Naturally, that spreads over into recruiting. We see that head-to-head matchup on a lot of different players. Now we're seeing it in the draft. There's a chance Georgia will have more first-round draft uh, selections than Alabama did last year in the first round. Uh, This is just – it's magnifying the intense rivalry between these two schools – 
uh, from NIL to the uh, punt returns. Yeah, it really is. And I think next year you're going to see it really flip. I think Alabama's going to have a lot more first-rounders than Georgia will coming up next year. But uh, you're right. In the day and age of NIL and the transfer portal, and uh, I think that intensifies a little bit with Jermaine Burton making the decision to go from Georgia, where he just won the national championship, to Alabama to hopefully get the Crimson Tide uh, back to the SEC championship and also national championship games this year. Uh, it shows that you know Georgia and Alabama is going to continue being fierce as can be. And we can't forget, of course, about Sarah Ashley Barker transferring from Georgia to Alabama to add a little more spice to it as well. Lars, you got a final question Hello. for him. Uh, yeah, uh, one one more uh, question is uh, how high, who do you think, where does Evan Neal end up? I would be, uh, let's see, I haven't even looked at the draft order. <laughs> Honestly, I'm in such baseball mode right now. Um, I, I mean, I'd be stunned if he falls outside of the top five. I think he's that kind of talent. He's been battle-tested both in games and in practice in Alabama. Uh, I, I think he's a top five pick, top five uh, picks in the draft. I can see him going. Yeah, I agree. And now, with, uh, as we discussed, with Cam Robinson signing that extension uh, at Jacksonville, you don't necessarily think that Jacksonville is going to go with Neal number one. I think he may slide to all the way to uh, three or four or five, uh, maybe the New York Jets. Hey, Roger, uh, where will he hear you next? Uh, I will be busy this weekend, uh, Thursday through uh, Saturday with Chris Stewart. Uh, we're going to Columbia, South Carolina for the Tide against the Gamecocks. As, uh, again, baseball is kind of taking center stage uh, right now on the network. We'll have some SEC Network games uh, coming up later in the year when Alabama hosts Arkansas, but uh, mainly just locked into Crimson Tide baseball right now. Thank you, Roger. Talk soon. Drive carefully. Thanks, Roger. All right. Thank you, guys. See ya. When we get back... Dana for Women on Wednesdays right here on the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic 
Chiropractic and Wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Back on the Jay Barker Show. You can never, ever, 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 ever go wrong with Steely Dan. That's just my opinion. Uh, others may differ, but you can't go wrong with the show either. Jay Barker, Matt Coulter, along with Lars Anderson. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Love this segment. Women on Wednesday with... Uh, Dana Duckworth. I'm going to get it right this time, Dana. Make sure, you know, not Thanks. the Dombrowski again that I've done in the past. But, uh, you know, I'm concentrating. I'm learning. I'm a good student here. But anyway, uh, two weeks since removed from Fort Worth, everything was just going great, Dana. And then I get, I don't know what you call it in the world of gymnastics, but it's just like a, a very, very small hiccup. And then you, I'm just going to let you pick it up from there because you were you were performing at the peak of your season. Yep. <laughs> so we went to the national championship and, uh, you know, we had some major goals this year. Number one, we wanted to be incredibly prepared and we wanted to get better every single week in our regular season to be at our very best for postseason, which really did show up at the SEC championship and the regional championship. And when we went to our first event on the first day of the national championship, 
Uh, we started on bars, and we had some little bumps in the road with some warm-ups that were funky. We had some sickness on the team we were dealing with. We had, you know, little things. And I'm never going to make an excuse. Please know that. But I think that when the the lights were on and we went, uh, there just was so, I think, in my opinion, we've talked to the team about this, it's almost like they wanted it so bad that they didn't do what they do every day. And that's a great lesson to learn. They weren't normal. They weren't just, you could feel it. There was a vibe. There was a flow that wasn't as natural. And so that first event, it wasn't terrible, but we didn't necessarily deliver a couple scores like we had been accustomed to on bars. So now all of a sudden you get done with that first event and you feel behind. But in the national championship, you're never behind because everyone has to fight for it. Everyone goes to the next event. Everyone has to do balance teams. And so we went over to beam and really minus one performance and a funky dismount. We were phenomenal. We went to floor. We were phenomenal. And then I think what happened on bowl, it was the last rotation. We saw what was going on. I think that we tried to stay in the Bama bubble, but again, I think these ladies wanted to advance so badly that they went to vault and they tried to be perfect. And I'm not sure if you, you know, know the mental side of that is, that's not necessarily how you want to be focused. You need to focus on your technique. You got to trust your training. You got to do what you do every day. And so we went bigger and we had big, big steps and big jumps. And I knew then that, you know, it was probably not going to transfer into us going to the final night of the national championship. Now with that, we were, uh, you know, top seven in the country with that. I looked back at our season and, you know, you come back and you start to ask yourself, what, what could we have done different? What could we have done better? And this season, we were aggressive. This season, we used every single athlete that we could possibly compete. We got better, and we scored a lot of 198s and had program history moments. And I'll tell you this. My athletes know they're loved. They know they're cared for. They were listened to. They are valued. And this team had incredible connection, communication, and really built this culture even stronger. So at the end of the day, this season was an absolute win. Alabama gymnastics coach Dana Duckworth joining us here on the Jay Barker Show, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. And, you know, you, you talked about it and what, what a great year it was. What a great season. The athletes, and I understand when you start to press like that as an athlete, not stay within the process, within the fundamentals, that that's when things get out of whack. So that makes a lot of sense. A couple of notes that I wanted to hit on because I think this is important to talk about, but took second at the SEC championships, remaining the only school in league history to never finish outside the top four and also remains one of just two schools in NCAA gymnastics history to never finish outside the top 12 nationally. Those are two unbelievable statistics. Thank you. I know you look back and you're so proud to be a part of history. You're so proud to continue the legacy of excellence. And it's not just a buzzword at Alabama. You know, we are building legends. And this, these accolades and these statistics, I just go to show that the program's in a great place. We're doing great things. The team and the recruits that are coming in know what they're going to be a part of. And if you don't want a part of that, then you don't want that discipline and the things that we're going to do, then, you know, this is just who we are. So you know who we are. You know you're going to be cared for as a human being, and we're going to bring the best out of you. So then translate into these kind of statistics. It's a hard word. Statistics. <laughs> well, uh, Dana, as you know, the wheel of life, the wheel of, wheel of athletics keeps turning. 
And uh, and so now looking ahead to next year, uh, do you feel good about what you have coming back, recruits coming in? And what what does your next uh, month or so look like? Are you going to be uh, just really concentrating on recruiting, or what is your emphasis over these uh, next few months? Great question. So the first week back is mandatory, take some time off, and we have end-of-year meetings with all the athletes and really kind of assess what worked well, what are our goals for next year, and what are some things we did well we want to keep within our team and some things that we can do differently. And that is just great communication. So we do a lot of that information gathering for the first you know, week or so, and then the girls have final exams. We, as coaches, will get on the road immediately. There's a big national championship type of a event where there'll be, there'll be hundreds of athletes at the level of who you recruit at in one place. And so we'll go and spend a week there for a convention where all the coaches get together and talk about policies and rules for the next few seasons. We will go on the road and go in individual gyms. We don't, you know, a lot of people think we recruit at high school. We never don the doors of high schools uh, for recruiting. It's all private clubs and invitational meets. So we will be on the road. We have one dead period, June 1st through the 15th, and that's time when I try to sharpen the saw and actually take a vacation. But other than that, we're on the road most of the time and looking at the new talent. Um, I can't speak right now to, like, a couple of our recruits because they haven't signed yet, but I can say this. The future is very bright. The success we are seeing in some of the committed athletes athletes and the future athletes is just outstanding uh i mean athletes out there getting pens in the club level that will translate really well into college so we are excited about who we have coming um from a gymnastics and skill perspective but even better these are awesome women and they continue that legacy of the classroom uh, the community and then of course rocking on the championship floor so dana when you're on vacation what do you do to sharpen the, the saw <laughs> so it varies. I really, really like the mountains. So sometimes we'll go in the mountains where cell phones don't work, and that's really nice. I also like the beach, but I'm the only one in my family that likes to just lay on the beach. Everyone else wants to be doing something. So we'll sometimes go to the beach. And um, yeah, it's not too fancy. Uh, we want to take a cruise. We've talked about that, but still, in the world of COVID going away, I'm, we're kind of putting a pause on that. And my husband really wants to take an Alaskan cruise. So at some point, we're going to do that. <laughs> I, I, I do, too. I've never done the Alaskan cruise, and that's something I definitely want to do. Matt? Yeah, I wanted to just offer you as we close up here, Dane, and also thank you because you're going to be off recruiting for the next couple of weeks. I want you to explain who's going to be in your stead because that's going to be very, very cool. But also offer you the opportunity to talk about the girls that likely won't be with you next year and what they meant to you and the Alabama Gymnastics Program. Oh, you're going to make me cry, Matt. Uh, we just did an okay, end of the year. <laughs> um, this senior class, we had six, you know, one super senior in Lexi Graber. And, you know, when you've been with somebody that long, she's not only your gymnast, but she really becomes your bud. And I really want to see her use her talent, her gifts, uh, her natural beauty, and do whatever it is she decides to go do. She wants to kind of go in the world of sports marketing and um, utilize. You know, most of the girls like to stay in the idea of sport, which is fantastic, but I also encourage them to get a worldview of a lot of things, right, and experience corporate America um, and see what that feels like. 
So then we've got uh, Griffin James, our woman of resilience, the woman that just continued to bounce back. She is very focused, has always wanted to go to physician's assistant school. So she's going to take a gap year and go work somewhere and get some medical experience. Emily Gaskins, she has never wavered that she wants to be a gymnastics coach. So she'll be getting her master's at Alabama and coming and being our student grad. We don't really have a grad student coach. We have a grad student that can help be a student coach. Kind of funky the way the rules are. So she's going to be doing that next year with us. Um, Shallon Olson has talked about going back to Canada and potentially trying for another world. Um, but she's going back and forth on what her decision is going to be. And then she also is talking about a master's. And then um, Sania Mitchell, who's coming back from her Achilles, she's still making a decision on what she wants to do. So these girls, they will go out and use the gifts and the skills that they've developed, the mental toughness, the resilience, the discipline, and take it into the corporate world or whatever else next. And I feel confident that they've, you know, earned that and done that. And they really love each other. They created a great team. And a lot of great lessons to be handed down. I tell them, pass the baton of the great things that work as leaders. As leaders. And um, know that you've made a mark on the University of Alabama. We always want you to come back. We always want you to feel a part of our family. You're awesome. Enjoy your vacation. Much success on the yes. road with your recruiting. And, uh, we'll, hey, we'll talk to you in a couple of three weeks, okay? Thank you, Dan. Sounds good. Women on Wednesday. Thanks, y'all, for your support. All right. You bet. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Uh, like no other. Uh, and actually, that program is like no other I've ever been around. And, uh, as most of you know, I've been around a while. When we get back, Jay's going to tell us a funny story about Beep Stallings. And then I'm going to talk to y'all uh, about a couple of the people uh, of note that I ran into this past weekend in Talladega. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show with Jay, Matt, and Mark. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 76. Clear tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 81. Friday and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high Friday, 83. The high Saturday at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Programs, Matt, Jay, it's Lars, Josh, Joe, bring you the Jay Park. Going to talk about the transfer portal. You know, the transfer portal in NIL will easily carry us through the, if you will, offseason. You can literally talk about it. Something new, or actually something bad, something unusual, appears every day. We're going to do that in just a second. Jay, I know you tell it over and over and over again, but tell us about national championship at Washington, D.C. with Coach Stallings. Yeah, it was a great trip. We got a chance to go up there and spend time with President Clinton, and uh, we did the uh, Alabama Alumni Association, met with all the senators and uh, legislatures. And it's hard to believe, like, you know, we, we talk about kind of the, the deep state of Washington, D.C., which is all the people that kind of run D.C. that are behind the scenes and, uh, you know, kind of the, the people that have been there for years. How many of them are Alabama alumnus? I think that's what's crazy. So we had our 
get together banquet, I was so surprised at uh, the thousands of people that were actually there to celebrate the 1919 national championship. But we did that, went over to um, <clears throat> meet with President Clinton. We're on the front lawn and, um, you know, lights everywhere, press everywhere. And we're out there and everybody's kind of getting restless. And we've got balls to hand him and jerseys to hand him and stuff. And all of a sudden um, it's about, you know, 15 minutes behind and Coach Stahl is, you know, you can tell he's getting kind of antsy and, he talks to, I think, Gerald Jack, hey, where's where's the president? You know, we're 15 minutes behind schedule, 20 minutes behind. And then when he got to about 25 minutes, Coach Stallings walks over to the Secret Service and says, hey, guys, if he's not out here in the next minute, two minutes, we're leaving. And uh, so within like two minutes, President Clinton was out there on the stage. And you could tell that he was hurrying and had gotten word that Coach Stallings was getting upset. And Coach Stallings shook his hand and said, hey, man, when you say you're going to be on time, you be on time. <laughs> And I'm like, this is the president wow. of the United States. <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, uh, he didn't care at all. And um, and and I'd never, never realized how much how red Clinton's nose was. I mean, it was so red. Everybody started. <laughs> the team started saying Rudolph, Rudolph. It's crazy. <laughs> really? Well, um, first off, and then, and then Monica came, came out after that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Clinton, her, Clinton, no. Clinton gave an amazing speech at Madeleine Albright's funeral this morning. I mean, just stunningly good. And it makes you realize if there weren't term limits, he probably would have won a third term. And uh, and, and when I was in D.C., I, I pointed out the old executive office building to uh, my son Lincoln. And I said, that's where I met President Clinton. And I've told you guys the story. I was there uh, when I was in grad school, and uh, we were uh, in the OEOB, Old Executive Office Building, to meet with uh, George Stephanopoulos, who was the uh, communications director at the time, and he was running late. And, hey, they all run late. And uh, I excused myself to use the restroom, and I'm coming out of the restroom, and I'm literally, like, fiddling, making sure my zipper is up. And I look up, and boom, there is the president of the United States of America. And I got my hands on my zipper. Uh, and he uh, just put his uh, arm on my uh, on my left shoulder and said, good afternoon, son. I said, good afternoon, Mr. President. And he just kind of giggled and kept walking. <laughs> Did he say been there, done so that's that? That's my bill. Yeah, right. Was that where he was headed? Uh, uh, he was uh, actually he was walking out of the old executive office building, which is where a lot of the business of the government takes place. It's that office building. Uh, just uh, just if you're looking at the White House, uh, just adjacent to it. And um, is that what's called the West Wing or is that a different part? No, the West Wing is where the president's office okay. is. And uh, but so, yeah, it would be west of the West Wing. OK, is that closer or farther away from your brother's house? That's how I'm going <laughs> to gauge everything away. now. Farther okay, away. So it's further away from the state. Yeah, yeah. Any flyovers while you're there? Oh, no, uh, did, we did see Marine One. Uh, leave the White House lawn and oh. uh, took Biden somewhere. Delaware? Not sure. Oh. Uh, but anyway, it was pretty cool for Lincoln to see Marine One. And uh, and it, it's also interesting just how all the planes uh, coming in and out of Reagan National, they have to veer sharply away. Uh, if, they're, if they are going to be uh, taking off to the north, 
uh, they go basically over the Pentagon, but they have to veer sharply away from the White House and uh, that that restricted airspace. Jay, next hour we're going to dive into the NIL. Um, let's give our listeners and our viewers uh, kind of a preview of what you want to, what aim you want to take. Yeah, I mean, not only NIL, but also just Alabama football, some of the outgoing portal uh, players that left Alabama, kind of where they're at now and an update on them and uh, just how Alabama's done with guys going into the portal compared to other schools. Uh, the guys have left and gone on and had success and had opportunities where we talked about yesterday, Matt, just the number of players that are still sitting in the transfer portal or the number of players that come out of the transfer portal without student aid, which means they went from a scholarship to non-scholarship. Uh, Alabama's kind of had the very opposite effect uh, when it comes to portal bringing them in and also the guys have left and found a spot in order for them to continue to play. And also next hour, I want to read a really interesting quote from Mark Emmert, who just uh, announced that he's going to be stepping down as his role of the president of the NCAA, uh, effective June 2023. A quote from him 11 years ago talking about NIL and what could happen to the future of college football if NIL became a reality. It's very, it's very prescient. Oh, very what? I'm sorry foreshadowing prussian how do you how do you spell it <laughs> i'm just kidding i love to bust the chops because you're good at it otherwise if you spoke horrible grammar didn't know what the heck you were talking about I king's wouldn't be english busting the chops. It's exactly. king's english back with more of the jay barker show in a moment Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC.letterO. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Back on the Jay Barker Show, our second hour, coming to you from the AVX Studios. Appreciate all you folks that are listening on Terrestrial Radio and all of you that have dialed, it, dialed us in, uh, you know, through the many platforms that we stream. It's Matt, it's Jay, it's Lars. Jay wanted to dive into uh, the most popular, you know, topics in college football or Portal and NIL. Which direction do you want to go? Yeah, I want to go portal first and uh, talk about that. I know we got some uh, Mark Emmert uh, comments from um, NIL, which will be retiring coming up in 2023. But um, real quick, we are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. We got to see Mark Grenier and all the great folks there at Top Golf. I know we love going out there. Lincoln and, and Lars and his daughters, they go out there, all my kids. And I know Matt and his family as well, and a bunch of our friends. And I know a lot of you have had a chance to, to go and visit Top Golf. You'll love it. It is the bowling of this generation. Get out to Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sonny King Ford. Yeah, Alabama football kind of outgoing uh, portal activity. As you look at some of the guys that have left and uh, how and where they are right now, it's pretty amazing if you look back on how they were recruited and the guys now where they're where they're at. But defensive back Marcus Banks is uh, almost certain to be a Mississippi State starter. Linebacker Drew Sanders, who a lot of us really like the way that he played the game, expected to start for the Arkansas Razorbacks. They're moving him to middle linebacker. Linebacker um, also King uh, uh, Makuda, uh, which uh, not only uh, started Arkansas State, but also will be a team leader for Bush Jones there. And that connection from his days at Alabama. Offensive tackle Pierce Quick played with Georgia Tech's first unit in the Yellow Jackets spring game. So uh, he has a lot of connections there, too, from Alabama staff that are there at Georgia Tech now. Quarterback Paul Tyson is getting is battling to win the starting job now at Arizona State. Wide receiver Xavier Williams will start for Utah State. Jaleel Billingsley and Ajia uh, uh, Hall uh, are also sure to be starters for Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. So he's getting two big-time Offensive players there from the Crimson Tide. Offensive lineman Tommy Brown in contention for a starting job at Colorado, but I'm almost positive him, uh, Braxton and Tommy are really good friends. They were roommates. I think there was word that he may have gotten hurt uh, recently and may be out for a little bit, of, uh, a little bit of time. I think he'll recover though before the season. Wide receiver Javon Baker will start for Kentucky at, at, for the Wildcats, and tight end Caden Clark has a good chance to start for Akron, but. Currently still available on the portal, Stephen Wynn Jr. and also Kane Williams. Both are expected to find new teams. Both can contend for starting roles, but really kind of a really great story that's going on and, and talking about as far as Alabama football players beating the transfer odds. Based on data we talked about yesterday from the last three transfer cycles, around 40% of exiting players do not find new teams. For former Crimson Tide players, though, the number is nearly 100%, including many of the existing or exiting, excuse me, non-scholarship players. Other programs now – 
know the value to be gained by adding Alabama former players. The uh, situation is in reverse and often expressed sentiment that FBS schools have become feeder programs for the Crimson Tide. In these cases, it's Alabama feeding other teams. So I thought that was a really great uh, look at that and piece on that by Ronald Evans from uh, Bama Hammer, who put uh, that kind of together based on where the guys are and kind of some of the numbers based on the portal and uh, some really impact players. I mean, that Jaheel Billingsley and and Ajaya Hall for Steve Sarkeesian could be a huge get for Texas just as far as the uh, type of players they are on that offensive side of football. Yeah, I wish I could somehow facilitate a transfer portal like – I don't know. What do they call it in Star Trek when they beam me up, Scotty? They get in the. Uh, uh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Okay. You're not, a, you're not a Star Trek guy. No. Uh, anyway, if it could go just straight from Tuscaloosa to Lincoln, Nebraska. If all of these guys you just mentioned transferred to Nebraska, they would be starting. Uh, and I only mention that because I'm from Nebraska. But, uh, Jay, of all these players you just mentioned, who do you think is the biggest loss for Alabama? Yeah, and I think you're talking about Joe just put tractor beams. Is that right? From, oh, uh, yeah, yes. Is yes. that what they are? <laughs> what are they called again, Jay? Um, tractor beams? Tra- tractor oh, beams. Oh, I get wrote. it. Yeah. Use the yeah. slow guy yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I really think Paul Tyson could be a huge impact at Arizona State, uh, but I do think, uh, as I brought up earlier, Jahil Billingsley and Jaya Hall, if they can get their acts together, could be huge for Sarkeesian because they're both very talented players. But they just have a lot of off the field issues, a lot of things that they've got to get get worked out. Um, you know, Javon Baker, I think another one that can be a real he'll be an impact player for Kentucky. I mean, he was a guy that just had a hard time getting playing time on the field. Drew Sanders, the other guy too that we've talked a lot about, I think he's got a great shot at being yeah. just an outstanding player for Arkansas. I think giving them that that tough um, inside linebacker play. I mean, the guy's right at six four and a half, six five, and can run all over the field. So. He's kind of in a position now where he'll, he'll they'll probably have him there, but they'll play him at multiple positions. But, you know, and even Pierce Quick, uh, I mean, I always say Pierce is going to come back and be governor of Alabama one day, but he uh, he has a chance to be, you know, a really a big uh, influence for that office line. I would or have me, to go with maybe, Sanders. Uh, uh, yeah, me, I, me, me too. I, yeah, I, I, I thought Jay was going to say Drew Sanders uh, because he's so talented. And uh, I think uh, they're just going to move him all around. Who's Arkansas's D coordinator? It's uh, Barry Odom, yeah, right? Scott Missouri. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. is so uh, creative. And uh, with a guy like Drew Sanders, who has the speed, the size, the strength, you, you maybe play him at, at middle linebacker, but he seems like a three down linebacker. Yeah. Correct? I, I think so. And if we if, if Arkansas, I say we because I'm a little piggy, but if he comes back and he's the guy that started the season with Alabama and then he improves from there. He's got you got an all SEC linebacker, maybe even this year. Um, the other guy that I would agree, and, and and Jay I think did mention Drew there, but um, the other guy I would say talent wise, got to get inside his helmet is Billingsley. Uh, there were flashes of unbelievable talent. It's just he kept getting in the doghouse, and, and Saban was never able to corral him. And and it's kind of the same with both, more so with Jaleel Hill, but. Um, those guys are going to do big things at other places. Yeah, there's no doubt. I and um, yeah, I, th- I think both of them are very talented. And all these guys, I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, everybody that's left uh, is going to make an impact on the team that they're going to. None of these guys. And again, the number that's surprising is that that number nearly 100% of players 
that have gotten in the portal have found uh, other places to play. Not only found other places to play, but gotten on scholarship. And some of the walk-ons have gone on and become scholarship players. So I think that's that's a great uh, testament to Alabama, their development. I think uh, everybody wants a piece of that uh, program, the process, and what Coach Saban has done. Maybe they feel like they can get something from those particular players. But, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. All right, uh, Lars, you want to hit on the NIL stuff from Mark Emmert? Yeah, so th- this is pretty interesting. Um, so Emirates, uh he uh, has been the president of the NCA for 12 years, and he announced that he is uh, going to be stepping down in June of 2023. Um, and uh, I guess the first question is, does anybody really care who his replacement is? Because <laughs> the NCA has been completely emasculated. But... Uh, in 2011, uh, my buddy Seth Wickersham at uh, ESPN, he uh, was talking to Emmerich about uh, just it was a wide ranging interview. And uh, and Seth uh, just sort of uh, I didn't say he snuck this question in, but he, he asked and this is the direct question. What about allowing student athletes to have endorsements to use their own celebrity to make money? And this is, uh, it's a rather extended quote, but just uh, indulge me for a second. This is the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Uh, This is his response back in 2011. Quote, and again, here's the question. The question is, what about allowing student athletes to have endorsements to uh, use their celebrity to make money? Emmert's response, quote, that wouldn't come out of an athletic budget. Just Just imagine the compliance issues Two universities that happen to be in the same state, Auburn, Alabama, want a young man to come play football for them. One says, well, you know, we can't provide you with any money, but the bank down the street we know is looking for somebody to endorse their bank. And then the other school says, well, yeah, but we have a car dealership and they want to endorse you. And before you know it, again, Mark Emmerich saying, before you know it, You've got this war going on between institutions over who can throw the most money at some youngster. You've converted the whole system from a collegiate model to a pay-for-play one. You've just disguised the money. I mean, is that uh, just exactly? Prophetic. That's how yes. Prophetic. Isn't that just exactly what is happening now? And it is a pay-for-play model, and yeah. it's, it's increasingly it's going to become that. And uh, it's it's going to cause massive ramifications, right? And nobody seems to be wanting nobody getting a handle on it right now. I, I know. I think I heard just a little bit that California is going through some pretty drastic NILs, and and I don't know how that's going to affect the rest of the nation because, as far as my feeble little brain can understand it, it's a state by state thing. And how you handle it with your state, and that goes through your state legislature. So That's right. I don't get that. I've got a really bizarre question I want to ask you guys. Uh, a what if? Okay, Bryce is getting two million dollars a year. Okay, this is I, no no facts are involved here. He's getting two million dollars a year. Uh, Arch Manning comes on the campus. They hanging out. Hey Arch, uh, won't you have my BMW? You can have that. Uh, and, and by the way, instead of living in that apartment, I'm going to put you up in this one. It's his money to do what 
He wants to. Yeah, why not? Can he go to the Manning camp this week and and drop a roll of hundreds and go, oops, I'm sorry, Arch, could you get that for me? <laughs> now, first of all, is that too bizarre a thought? It seems like that would be perfectly justifiable, Jay. Don't I? I there, there are no no rules really right. right now, right? That's right. I mean, we talked about it from day one is that where are the guardrails, like where where are the, you know, and then they started doing the collectives, and then you started hearing all the border regents and guys that um, even not just from Alabama, but other schools saying, "Hey, we're figuring anything out that it's just our legislators, and we can get them to legislate laws or at least keep from legislating laws, give us more freedom." We can pretty much do what we want to do. And I asked this question yesterday leaving the show, and I said I want to get into it at some point in time this week, and maybe we do talk more about this on the other side. But is this the best thing for the players? I mean, really, is it the best thing for the players to give this much freedom? Is this best for the game itself or for college athletics in general? And has it already gone too far? I mean, is there a way, as Matt said yesterday, to put the toothpaste back in the uh, in the bottle or the Jenny back in the bottle? Um, and, and also the coaches that are coming out against this. And I understand that. I, I get it. Look, I'm an old school thought guy whatever else but hey it started with you it started with your multi-million dollar contracts it started with the tv contracts allowing you to get paid nine ten million dollars a year so i think you know if you're going to scale back on these athletes you might need to start scaling back on these coaches <laughs> you should ask your friend Dabo about that question jay uh, oh let's call Dabo. exactly <laughs> shall we right now <laughs> He's probably at that island that he and Nick stay down in uh, Florida. Yeah, right over yeah, there next to Gasparilla, Naples. Gasparilla Island. Oh. Gasparilla. You've got a home there, don't you? Yeah, you and Bruce have a home. Me, BA, and I we share <laughs> we share a condo. Yeah. Hey, Jay just brought up some great points. On the other side of this break, we're going to break them down and also going to send our thoughts to uh, thoughts and prayers to Kirk Herbstreit. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 81. Friday and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high Friday, 83. The high Saturday at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on the Jay Barker Show, Jay, Matt, Mars. Want to uh, send our thoughts and prayers out to Kirk Herbstreit. He will not be participating in, in this year's coverage of the NFL draft. Here is his post. Unfortunately, I will not be able to come out to Vegas and be a part of this year's coverage. Doctors have recently found a blood clot in my system. Very fortunate to have really good doctors who I trust feel good. But uh, out of an abundance of caution, I'm going to take a step back from this year's coverage. Jay, you know this guy pretty well. Lars, I imagine you've met him, but uh, I, I guess I speak for all of us when I say he is certainly in our prayers. Yeah, definitely. Super guy. And, um, you know, he's always been such a great uh, addition to that NFL 
draft coverage and all that they do. Uh, you know, we usually have them on the uh, field with Coach Saban as well back there, you know, walking with him and talking. And I, I haven't really heard from uh, any more than what you're, you're talking about right now. I've got some friends in Nashville who are even closer to him that I'll reach out to you uh, today and, you know, and not so much that I'm going to get it and disclose it, but just how we can definitely be praying for him and his family. But um, it seems like they've called it early enough and that they're going to be able to treat it very well. And, uh, that he's uh, going to be healthy, so I'm, I'm I'm glad about that. But yeah, just a, a super guy, down to earth. Um, somebody that if you met him, uh, whether it be in a restaurant, bar, at a reception, or whatever else, that you could sit and talk to him for hours. And the guy just acts like he's, uh, you know, just one of the guys. He's he's he doesn't think anything more of himself, and just a, really a, just a great guy to be around. Yeah, and he's done such a good job uh, with the NFL draft in uh, recent years um, just because he knows these guys, the players, so well, have such a depth of knowledge of the college players, and then he analyzes how their game will or will not translate to the uh, pro level. And generally speaking, I mean, and this is uh, kind of rare, like, it's been the the perception of of Herb Street as a draft analyst has been incredibly positive. Uh, he's not gotten a lot of criticism, and and everybody gets criticized when oh, they're analyzing do. the draft, right? Well, he, he's going to do Thursday night football now. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, what isn't he doing? Oh, here it is. Right. He's doing hockey next week. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, and Jay's mentioned this, he is such a down to earth, honest, affable guy. And I think a lot of him, and I've never met him, but uh, I think he has such a great image that just about anywhere he goes, first of all, he's going to be well-prepared and do well, but he's, he's just very, very well-liked. And that's so yeah. hard to do now if, if, if you're in this business. If, if, Jay, if somehow uh, we could all vote for a czar of college football, for someone who is not currently coaching, so Nick Saban's not eligible, I mean, I, I think I think Kirk Herbstreet would be perfect for somebody to actually be running the sport. NCAA, i.e., replace Emmert? No, I mean, a czar <laughs> of college football. Okay. No, no, as somebody who could actually say, okay, this is... Because, look, college football needs leadership desperately because of all the, 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 the landscape is shifting underneath our feet. And it's shifting so quickly that people are losing their balance and falling everywhere. But, uh, you know, if you could have one person overseeing college football, Jay, I, I would, I certainly would nominate uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, definitely. I think he has the right temperament to do it. I think he has the right connections. I think he's, he's walks into a room and with a bunch of coaches, uh, they respect him. They've been around him. But more importantly, I think that he has the demeanor to, you know, sit down and negotiate deals and talk about things to, you know, in a sense, he's representing the players, the coaches, but he's representing you know, pretty the, all, a lot of the aspects of the game. So I, I agree with you on that. I tell you the thing I'll never forget. We were at the CMA Awards up in Nashville and Kirk and his wife had just moved to Nashville and we pulled over and we were all talking. And I said, you know, what made you move here? He said, man, I hate to say this, but honestly, as my kids were being harassed in school, Ohio State fans didn't like the fact that if I made a critical comment about this person or that person or, you know, he goes, and I wouldn't try to be any way, but just honest and, and talking about the program in general. He said, but, you know, kids and families and people were just harassing them. And he goes, I just couldn't put up with anymore. And he's like, but I, you know, I wish we'd have made this move 10 years ago. He goes, it's been the 
best time of our lives, the one of the you know best cities we've ever lived in, and um, you know, and just the, the conservative values and all that, that you get, you know, in in the South and in Nashville. So I hated that for him and his family, and and I understand how you can go through stuff like that when you're coaching or when you're playing, and um, you know, sometimes fans just take it too far. And for him, he felt like that was the best move for him and his family, and it has been. Hey guys, Emmert stepping down in a little over a year, right? Judy. Greg Sankey. He would he would have less power as the yep. president of the NCA than he yep. does of the commissioner of the SEC. I don't want that to happen. Exactly. By the way, I don't think that anybody does in this part of the country anyway. Yeah, and, uh, I, who knows? And, and, and as I said earlier, who cares? It, it, it's toothless, uh, powerless. I mean, it, it, it's an obsolete position, essentially. And, yeah, I wonder um, if, this, if it's stepping and, down, Lars, is more that it's going away. Yeah, I mean, that's a, 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 that's a fair point. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, again, Emirates had the position of... Uh, uh, for 12 years, um, and he's spent his career in higher education. He's 69, so it is probably a, a good time for him to step aside. But um, look, the the new president, so what are the questions? And this is uh, from a story on ESPN. What are the questions that they're going to have to to face? What issues will they inherit? And it's uh, – <laughs> It, it, the 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 problem is it's just uh, it's unclear what kind of power the next NCA president will hold, because college sports in in general the entire uh, industry of college sports is trying to figure out again what it, what its footing is in this new uh, changing landscape and and we began this discussion Jay uh, really last June. When the Supreme Court unanimous, unanimously rejected the NCA's argument that college sports leaders should be given free reign to collaborate on rules that place limits on some of the things that schools can provide to their athletes. And the decision was limited in its immediate impact, but it has left the leaders of college sports just completely paralyzed by a fear of more lawsuits, more antitrust lawsuits. Um, and uh, so... There's no nationwide oversight. There's rule changes allowing athletes to make money in new ways and transfer and basically be free agents. And, and uh, you know, uh, th there have been so many people, Emirate included, who have just been begging Congress to step in and ask for a federal, federal law that will... Uh, allow them to regulate a new kind of uh, college model, and uh, that just hasn't happened. It 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 hasn't happened, and uh, so uh, I I don't know. Uh, it's I I don't know who would want this job, frankly, Matt. Uh, I wonder. Um, would you want it? I'd, I'd do it for the cash. The cash <laughs> and having a private jet to fly to any NCAA event I wanted at any time. Yeah, uh, I do wonder structurally. Doing it for all the right reasons, right? The, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about the cash. I do wonder if structurally the lower tier tier sports programs needed. 
You understand what I mean? Yeah, I think they uh, do. And they do. So there's going to be a separation of some sort coming up. Um, I agree. Okay, I got another wacky question concerning the portal that I'm going to pose to Jay and Lars. On the other side of this break, you're listening to The Jay Barker Show. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. It handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Rumors spreading round in that Texas town. About to check out. I love ZZ Top. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know. I loved it every time. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Jay Parker Show. What's with the beards? The one guy that doesn't have one, his name is Beard. Did you ever know that? <laughs> you think I'm making that up? I think you're making that up. <laughs> calling. Tony has Billy Gibbons on all the time on his radio show. That's right. Yeah. Tony's going to join us later this week, we hope. Uh, he's a very, very busy guy. But, uh, yeah, there's Lars Anderson, and I'm Matt Coulter and Jay Barker. And uh, I, I kind of see cracks, uh, and I like to bounce them off, y'all. Uh, here's another situation. I have no facts and figures or anything like that in front of me. I just wonder. Uh, because unfortunately this happens. Kids are offered scholarships. Then somebody else steps in front, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, and then they don't get it. I mean, right, that happens. You guys with me? Yeah. Um, and it's... You know, they have to, unfortunately, you know, it's a very awkward situation. But what if you're an old lineman and you're going to Texas and they say, oops, I'm sorry, we ran out. Now, you've already been promised $50,000 if you're an old lineman and you sign at Texas. Legal, legal, legal. Do you understand? Am I painting this scenario properly? So... Because Texas has guaranteed their offensive lineman signees 50K. Yeah. Yes. What if they drop a kid? Uh, good question. I mean, I, if there's no binding contract, then I would say that's that's too bad for the kid. And uh, oftentimes it is. And, too bad for the kid. Um, but uh, as Jay knows better than us, uh, if a school starts developing a reputation for not honoring commitments, um, uh, you know, it'll come back to bite them eventually. But the management of scholarships, Jay, it, it, it's got it has become inherently more complex, uh, not just because of these NIL uh, scenarios, uh, one of which Matt just just described. But also transfer portal. I mean, you're you're seeing quite a few schools, you know, not take that you know 25 kids uh, per class or 20 or whatever, uh, and and keeping the number down somewhat significantly. I mean, especially schools that are trying to build their program because the quickest way for a fix is not. To, by getting a 17-year-old kid on campus, it's by getting a 21, 22-year-old young man on campus uh, and, uh, you know, a plug-and-play type of, uh, of person. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, how would you, and, and just from what you know, uh, from being so close to the Alabama program, how has the management of scholarship and scholarship offers changed just within the last year because of the portal and NIL? Yeah, it used to be a situation where if you signed a scholarship, you stayed for you know, four or five years. Um, if you went as a, as a uh, walk-on, you stayed for four or five years. And there was no money for the walk-ons. We're seeing more of that happening with uh, schools and some of the collectives they're putting together to help benefit them as well as the scholarship players. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is a definitely uh, working the roster and, and trying to figure out ways to get guys convinced that, hey, probably the best thing for you to do is get in the transfer portal. The best thing to do is look elsewhere. <laughs> Things aren't working out here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's more of that kind of talk. They can't really. How does that come? Scholar- how, sorry, I, I I think this is pretty fascinating. Does that conversation normally take place like after spring and, and uh, a coach, uh, whether it's position coach or head coach, has a very direct conversation with the player, says, look, uh, here's where you are. Your uh, opportunity for playing time is most likely very, very limited. And, I mean, do they explicitly say you should transfer, or or how does that work? Or do you know? I don't know if they, they, I don't know if they explicitly, say, explicitly say that. Maybe some do. Um, or, you know, you need to look at trying to get the transfer portal. Uh, we're, we're wanting to make some different decisions going down the road, uh, that type of stuff. I don't think they ever tell a kid they have to transfer out or they have to leave. I think that, as you said, is detrimental to the program over the long haul based on that getting out to other student athletes, even though I think that's changing because I think now student athletes feel power as well and feel like, Hey, you know, I can leave. If I can leave, then they should have the right to tell me to leave. If I'm not performing at a certain level, Um, you know, the year to year scholarships have always been that it's there, but the the coaches had always, and and the administrators had always really kind of guaranteed that it was a four or five year deal Uh, with COVID. It's been different too, because of the numbers game, um, but I, I do think the portal has changed things. I think it's, you know, at, at one point in time, I think players were being told, hey, it's not going to work out here. You might need to look somewhere else. And the portal just wasn't as active as it is now. And now coach is learning how do you really use it. So I think that's going to be beneficial for the sport in, in a lot of ways. I just think it's going to keep the top on the top. You know, the, the top teams now that are, you know, in this era of NIL and the portal coming into existence, uh, it's going to be tough for teams to catch up. Um, I think South Carolina with Shane Beamer has done a terrific job using the portal to, to really uh, put more players in that system that I'm not so sure he could have gotten just through normal recruiting that he's getting now out of the portal uh, with opportunities to play for him and guys that he's worked with before. So I think, you know, the market always, I think, works its way out. So it's kind of watch to see how the market plays out. Hey, real quick on the ZZ Top question. They were worn out in 1976. The Top took a planned three-month break. The three months was extended and extended and then turned into two years. And the two years was entirely unproductive when the band reemerged from hibernation. Hill and Gibbons had grown vast chest-length beards, so that's where the beards came from. Ah, interesting, interesting. I love them. Uh, you know, they replaced their drummer and still sound pretty darn good. It's, it's, Jay, it's their thanks signature. for. I've always wondered that, and I'm a big fan of the band, and I, I never looked it up. So now you know. Uh, I want to just get on a topic real quick, and then we'll uh, get to break. Uh, 
It involves Jeff Perlman, who a longtime friend of the show, longtime uh, colleague of mine at Sports Illustrated. And and Jay and Jeff have actually developed uh, quite the rapport over Twitter over the years, kind of just going back and forth on on different things. And and uh, and I, I think Jeff has interviewed you, Jay, what, several times for different different pieces. But uh, so. So uh, Jeff wrote a book called Showtime, and it was then it, it's been made into an HBO uh, 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 series called um, mm-hmm. called uh, Winning Time. And Jerry West is very, very upset about his about how he's being portrayed in this. And uh, now you got to remember Jerry West, uh, and this comes from his autobiography. Like Jerry West, uh, he won. He's, he's broken golf clubs in a rage before. Uh, he curses a lot. Uh, he's he, kind of a tormented guy. Uh, he once hired a private investigator to spy on Norm Nixon, and it kind of goes on and on. And uh, but now Jerry West, he absolutely hates how he is being portrayed in this series that is based on Jeff's book. And he is going he says he's going to sue uh, for defamation of character. Uh, he's going to sue HBO. Uh, and I guess in a sense, he's going to be suing Jeff uh, because the series is based on Jeff's book. Although I don't think Jeff will be named in the lawsuit, and he, and and Jerry West in an interview with the L.A. Times said that he's willing to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. <laughs> now, to me, this just sounds outrageous <laughs> and outlandish because he's a public figure, and also HBO's Winning Time. It's a dramatization. It's a mm-hmm. dramatization of real life. It is not a documentary. But 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 Jay, I I would love just to get your reaction because you know Jeff so well, and uh, and and just uh, what your reaction is to Jerry West, who uh, you know a, a lot of people believe that the depiction of him really isn't fair, but that's the producer's call, that's the filmmaker's call, that's not Jeff's call, right? And uh, but I, I, again, I'm just interested in in what you think is the right thing that should happen here. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, number one, the show is great. Number one, great TV. Um, I know, and I would caution the parents out there that, um, you know, it probably is, should be an uh, adult watching. Uh, so don't get, don't let Lincoln maybe watch that particular uh, series, but it's really intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised with how Jerry West was portrayed. I never thought that he was, like that, I mean, he is the uh, you know the picture of the NBA. I mean, he's the he's the the symbol of the NBA logo. Um, he has he's been very well, yeah, been very well thought of, and you know, been a guy that's been a part of the NBA for a long time. The way that he's portrayed in the series, um, I mean, it comes across really bad for him. I, I get why he, you know, I don't know if this is only just going to fuel more fire for people coming out and saying you know things that they know about him that uh, maybe have not been disclosed or. Should he have just kept his mouth shut, let the series play out, and 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 let it go? I don't know. I mean, he's just got to get legal advice on that. But I agree. I don't think Perlman will be the one who will be held accountable. I mean, they're, they, he wrote a book. They're now making an adaptation of, of that book. Uh, by the way, uh, Jerry Buss being played by Ricky Bobby or whatever his name is, is awesome. Hey, the guy is – I mean, you could not have picked a better character <laughs> to have uh, played well, him. Oh, my no. gosh. In the, yeah. 
and the, not Will, the other one, but the it, other but driver. It's, but it's all, yeah, Cal Naughton. But Jr. it's also yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. John C. Yeah, that, that's it. Yep, yep. And that's also the thing that it, it, all the characters look so much like the players, and just their, their yeah. actions, their words, their mannerisms, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, a little. Uh, a little shake and bake there for you, Matt, uh, back from your Italian nights. I appreciate that. I, I saw Glenn of the crew. You remember in the the guy that's all teeth, smiles, always happy? Oh, yeah. I saw him in the media yeah. center, and we actually had a conversation. It was great. The guy that's playing that's awesome. West, Jason Clark, it, it it's a like image yeah. of West. But he can't go out. If he'd been upset with a book, he would have already addressed it, right? That is true. Yes. Uh, but B- book's been out for 10 years. Yeah. So, uh, and, and by the way, you know, film has cinematic justice, poetic justice, whatever you want to. They can kind of do it. Thing. I mean, basically, if you're yeah. that high up on the, you know, public figure mark. And is there anything better for this film oh, or for nothing. this series than Jerry West come out and say this? Maybe he's like, doing it there, and then there they're truly is. on the side. And I, I, I've learned this. There is no such thing as bad publicity when it comes to a book, a film, anything. And case in point, what the USFL did two weeks ago. Hey, I have a great example of somebody getting very, very aggravated at a film. And you're never going to believe who it was. Actually, this is a good story worth hanging on through the break. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama Alabama sports. sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 76. Clear tonight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high at 81. Friday and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high Friday, 83. The high Saturday at 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Shows we wrap up this Wednesday edition. Talk about some good hair. Uh, Flock of seagulls. Oh, yeah. And that's the one that uh, Chandler Bing would do on, on yeah. And I ran. Start friends, friends, whatever. Um, many, many years ago, and I think it was before Jay and I were partners, it was Scott Griffin. We got this really interesting letter, text, phone call. It said, Would well, we like to have Max Bayer on? Max Bayer, uh, you know, Jethro, Jethro Bodine. He was putting together this huge deal out in Utah. I went, how often do you get a chance to talk to Jethro Bodine? So we did. And, uh, you know, he promoted his deal. And um, then kind of out of nowhere, uh, we were talking about young kids, uh, child actors, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
Ronnie Howard came up. And he went, I'd like to whip Opie's ass. And we went, <laughs> what? He said, yeah. I will. He was mad. <laughs> and that's not something I've ever heard or since repeating him will ever hear again. But he was really to the point of trying to sue Ronnie Howard over, um, what's the movie that uh, uh, Russell Crowe did as the boxer? Uh, Academy Award oh, yeah. thing. Max oh, yeah, yeah. Baer, Max Baer um, was pr- portrayed in that movie as being a very vicious boxer who once killed a man, and the man died as a result of a boxing match. Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. Great film. Yeah. But uh, he was aggravated to the point of his father's portrayal that he was threatening lawsuits. But the main thing is I got to interview Jethro Bodine. So there you go. I don't mean to be name-tossing here, but yeah, I did. <laughs> well, so, yeah, uh, I, I mentioned this to you over the break. The the fact that, um, uh, gosh, now I'm just losing my mind. Um <laughs> The logo, uh, the fact oh, the NBA logo with Jerry. Jerry West. Yeah, the fact that that Jerry, the fact that Jerry West um, is loudly complaining about this and threatening to take this to to the Supreme Court, only kind of reinforces the <laughs> portrayal of him in the film, <laughs> right? Because uh, he's combative and he's fiery and and uh, all of that. So. I, I don't know. I, I, this is going to go nowhere, uh, in, in in my view, just because it, it is so hard if you're a public figure uh, to yeah. um, to uh, be d- to uh, prove defamation of character, and then on top of that, this is a dramatization uh, based on real events. It's not a documentary of real events. And so um, I, I think the only thing that this is doing, I think I think Jerry was venting. I think he's really angry, uh, and rightfully so. But um, and and uh, there's writers around the country who are rallying to Jerry West's defense on this. But uh, Jay, I, I just I can't imagine that he would actually find a lawyer. Well, I'm sure you can find a lawyer to do anything, but uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, that this will go anywhere. Yeah, I think his only hope is that he just hires some big-time lawyers and then they somehow pressure HBO in a settlement and just an apology or whatever else. It's so hard to prove defamation with a celebrity. I mean, the burden of proof is so much. I mean, you have to show so much loss. And, um, you know, I, I, w- I would think that probably there's more gain for him just with his name being out there again than anything else. So I, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Uh, hey, Joe, you still on mic? Evidently, Joe Gaither, our producer, watches this. Do they get to use NBAA film? NBAA. NBA film? Do you know? I'm just curious because that's costly. All right, yeah. uh, Lars, thanks. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. And um, I'll be down in Tuscaloosa tomorrow right. doing some teaching. Right. You'll be on for Y'all a while? A- yeah, man, I'll be. Yep. Y'all have a great day. Hi, this is Wes McClendon.